are back for week two, covering weeks six and seven of the AHS Fantasy Football Podcast. Recording this, uh, let's see, right around my lunch break on Friday the 22nd. So, hopping right into it. Week six, pretty fun week as far as NFL games go. There's a couple really good games out there. The Bills-Titans game was great. Seahawks-Steelers game was great. Cowboys-Patriots game was great. There's one more. Vikings game was pretty pretty good. Pretty ugly, but pretty good. Um, pretty fun week. I had a good time watching Red Zone. Um, Hanson. Red Zone Hanson, not Siciliano. That's fucking weird if you watch that. Um, but week seven's looking kind of iffy, honestly. I mean, even last night, the Broncos-Browns game. I know I was texting PB... And it was, what a brutal game. I mean, just bad football. Not fun. Loved it. Um, but this week, I mean, I guess Chiefs-Titans. Other than that, there's some stinkers in here. Falcons-Dolphins. Ugh. Jets-Patriots. Ugh. Panthers-Giants. No thanks. Bengals-Ravens. I mean, that's a rivalry, I guess. Um, Eagles-Raiders. That's just going to be the all-no-defense game. Uh, Lions-Rams. The Matthew Stafford revenge game. I'm actually pretty excited for that. Um Texans Cardinals. I mean, I guess that's the JJ Watt DeAndre Hopkins revenge game. I'm actually very afraid for Davis Mills. That's going to be so ugly. It's going to be terrible. I can't wait. Um, Bears Bucks. Pretty good game actually. I think Justin Fields hopefully will stay healthy. Colts 49ers. That's wildly average. I can't even believe how average that game is. Um, and then Monday night, Saints Seahawks. So more Geno Smith action. So fantasy wise, week six rounded out pretty much the same as the season has gone so far. Um, I took a win, PB took a win, Ryan took a win, Kura took a win, and Redeker took a win. Um, standing stayed virtually identical. A few people in C lead and Allen dropped to two and four, but I mean, that's. Quite similar to three and three, Kura is kind of our the Andy Dalton line, as I've heard it talked about before. You know, just wildly mediocre. So he's three and three, 698 points scored, right in the middle of the pack. 711 points against, right in the middle of the pack. Um, so Kura is kind of our middle middle point right now um, with PB Ryan Redeker and Javes above him. So. Standings are pretty much the same as they were before. Nothing to really note there. Really only one close game, week six. Um, I suppose two, but uh, Ryan and Allen, that was the closest game. Two points, no weird start-sit decisions there. So nice job, Ryan, on the fair and square win. Kura took the win over Incy by about five points. I thought that was interesting because Kura had four players on his bench with 16 or more points scored. So, obviously, he left a lot off the board. Um, and I think Kura's team is very good. However, again, like I said last week, he'll still need his top-tier players to come back because it's going to be a start-sit roulette until that happens. Alright, so week 7 is actually already kicked off, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, I believe it was Browns-Broncos last night. Bad game. Um, Ryan with a great... I don't even think it was a waiver pickup. I believe it was a free agent acquisition pickup um, of Dearness Johnson. Subbing in for the injured Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, um, who is also on Ryan's roster. So those 23.5 points, I believe, pretty good 
pick up right there, although it looks like NC is still pretty close behind in that matchup. Um, pretty rough matchup between uh, PB and Allen. Both of them started one player last night, PB with 2.6 points and Allen with 6.4 points. I guess on a week like this, you'll take what you can get. Not a great start. Um, also, it kind of looks like Kura and Yanni. Yanni should be able to steal a win here. Um, I know Yanni's team's 1-5. He has had some terrible luck. 791 points scored against him. By far the most. It's not even close. Um, however, Kura's dealing with some buys and some injuries. Yanni has no buys. I don't know how that's possible. Yanni has no buys this week except for his IR player, who obviously is not eligible to play. So... I think Yannick could definitely steal a win here, especially if the cards kind of fall his way in a few of these matchups, so we'll see. Um, other than that, I don't think any of these other games have big implications on the standings, so it should just be a fun week, week to watch some football and hopefully not get too many more major injuries because this season has, again, been brutal on that front. All right, so we are here with our very first guest of the entire history of this podcast ryan thompson um so ryan today's friday any plans for tonight yeah i'm actually going to a murder mystery party with all of our friends it's been planned for like three months and we've been trying to do it for like two years so i've been (laughs) taking most of the day trying to cram about my character which i should have been doing for the last three weeks so So... I'm I'm, i'm a bat and i'm pretty sure i am not i'm pretty sure i'm not the murderer so we'll i we find out during the thing so no one even knows we get like envelopes and different oh stages. yeah sure it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty great so well we'll get an update from you next week and then we'll put the yeah. put the answer on the pod um awesome. so yeah it's a good friday murder mystery recap and also fantasy football podcast good thing is, you know there's no work in there so that's the ideal that's the life so, all right, yeah. first off, let's, let's go life recap. So you're still in Denver, correct? I'm still in Denver. Um, Ashley and I got a puppy in February, which you all know about. His name is Summit. He just hit 10 months. He's almost 60 pounds. Jesus. And um, I have to give him a bath today because we went to a kickball. Our playoff games were last night, the quarterfinals, semis, and the finals. We lost in the championship. It was a heartbreaker. But Summit rolled around on the entire baseball diamond, so he's around <laughs> today. And so I have to give him a bath today at lunch because when you touch him, you just have dirt on your hands. Love but he that. gets he gets groomed on Wednesday. So, like, I'm giving him a pre-groomer's bath, like, five days ahead of schedule. And I'm not too thrilled about it. But, hey, he's a puppy, and that's what puppy life is all about. So, whatever. Oh, yeah. No, I feel the same way. I've got to give the dog a bath in like an hour. So can't wait. Um, but nice. Yeah, awesome. But, yeah. Other than that, Ashton, I moved from a one bedroom to a two bedroom on November 4th. We're really excited for the space. We've been in the same apartment downtown, like a half a mile from Coors Field in a great location for like four years. And in that four years, we've heard so much crap and all of Summit's crap that like we're moving from a one bedroom to a two bedroom and we're really excited to each have our own office because right now we both work out of our living room and try to talk over each other. Yeah, and, classic. Uh, just very excited for the upgrade. Uh, it's also three doors down, like so. Shout out to three doors down the band, <laughs> no pun intended. But uh, no stairs involved in the move, just literally down the hallway. That's super nice because I think most of us are probably at the age where like 
Chris and I, we hire movers now, which it's not cheap, yeah. but like the last time we tried to move ourselves, you know, it's me and my 102 pound yeah. girlfriend trying to move like a, you know, 200 pound bed frame. And it's just like, come on, just not, yeah, yeah. it's just not spoiler, worth it. Spoiler alert. Ashley and I still have movers coming for that. Yes, you, like you do actually. Two hours. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah. Because we have so, we have so many big things and we, just took the day off work on monday so we'd rather like have them move it in and while they're moving everything down we're gonna get set up so like we can actually like get our internet and tv set up and like actually be there like be working there we're doing it on monday so like tuesday and wednesday we don't want to be there we have until the end of the day on wednesday so we might leave a few things but we're trying to just rip off the band-aid and do it all day monday and just gonna pack everything up and have the movers just come move the beds, the couches, and like yeah, the yep. big heavy things, while we just take everything down and Ash starts to decorate as they bring things in. So we're trying to just get it done in like the most efficient, maybe set a record for all time of uh, moving and really yeah. living in the new space. So we'll see. Yeah, and no trucks, so that's where the cost comes in, anyways. Exactly. But awesome. Yeah. Nice. Okay, so. Fancy football. So obviously, right now you're sitting at five and one. I think I, I did a little bit of post research. I think this might be your best start. And I mean, it we absolutely is. Yeah, because I I know I was looking back, and these these aren't technically the final standings, but the final records. I think 2015 you actually were last, which looking at the record three and ten, that's pretty tough. Um, then you had great. an eighth place. And then you had a second place. I don't know if you were second in the playoffs. I can't remember in 2017, but I think you might have gotten second. Couldn't remember though. Um, a 10th place and then an eighth place. So this is a this is a damn good start. It is a really good start, and I'd like to say to all of you and all of my high school friends that the wrath is coming because <laughs> this is by far my worst league, and I like. We're going to talk about our different leagues and how much fantasy stuff we're into in a few minutes. And I can talk about all the other leagues I'm in, but this has been by far like the worst league I've performed in over the years. And it's just really shitty because like I've just been doing really well in all of my leagues consistently. I don't think I've missed the playoffs in any of the other leagues I've been in like the last three years. And this one, like I just can't even seem to like get out of the bottom half of the standings. So this is yeah, my year yeah. and I'm coming. No, yeah, it absolutely is. And looking at your team, pretty—I mean, it's looking pretty damn good. Um, so, and so, how many leagues are you actually like? How many leagues? Like, what what are their rule sets? Like, do you play in mostly yeah. twelve team? Like, what's what's your schedule looking like? Yeah, of course. So, um, I'm in three leagues this year, and I've been in three the last several years. Except, however, the one league I was in with all of my Pittsburgh friends and like music friends uh, that I've been in the last three years this is the first year they didn't do it they all moved to a to a 10 team dynasty and mm. me and another person who are not local just decided to tap out because they were doing a lot of stuff in person sure and sure just, it was some of the dates didn't work out and they wanted to bring in some more people that they'd met over the last few years and they were closer with so i bowed out of that one and joined uh, a super super fun one out here and it's like and by super super fun i mean nothing makes sense and scoring it's like it was twenty dollars to buy in we have um two quarterback it's full ppr three individual defensive players uh, okay we have yep. punters and punters and head coaches as well <laughs> where um head coaches are winning win margin 
and points scored. So like you can play the with fire with the Chiefs and try and get 40 points scored every week, but you might only get two to three. Or if they lose, you lose points on the margin. So oh. the head coaches, I'm dropping and picking them up based on like the spread because if you know the Patriots are going to beat the Jets by 14, that's 14 free points there. And it's kind of been, and punters are really fun because um, every yard the a punt gets is um, a point. So like from the Packers, Bor, I don't even know how to say our punters. Bohorquez, yeah, I'm not sure. Bohorquez, 80. His 80-yard punt would be amazing, and that's like 80 points for that one punt. But if he only sure. punts twice a game, I might try and get a worse punter. You know, from the like, I have the uh, Washington football team punter <laughs> shot out. Hopefully, hopefully punts a lot against punt the six times a game. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you could just get you know six 50-yard punts is a lot more than one 80-yard punt. Also, every touchback is minus 20. So oh my God. A, okay. a punter that can also pin it in there. So like if your punter is good, but he keeps putting them in the end zone and not getting them inside the 20 or the 10, it's a disaster. Also kickers missing extra points is minus 25. And um, it's just a ridiculous league that doesn't make sense because I have Justin Jefferson, Devonte Adams and Travis Kelsey in a full PPR and I'm one in five. Sure. Yeah, and that's, you know I mean? it's just that's kind of how those those leagues go. I know that PB is in a league like that too, where things are multiplied, and you know, what's yeah. that saying? You know, there's the rules don't make sense. So yeah, um, a good a good week for that is like 450 points. You're gonna win the week. Most of the scoring is between like 350 and 400, and um, yeah, it's it's and there's multipliers for everything. It's it's yep. pretty crazy. That's hilarious. So but then I'm also in one additional league. My my big money league, as I call it, is my like hundred dollar league with my we call it the Denver's best mediocre fantasy football league. Um, it's our fifth year, and um, if you leave, you have to be in the state of Denver or in the like in the Colorado metropolitan area of Denver. If there's a waiting list to get in. And um, we've had someone leave every year, so we've been able to get new blood in. And right hmm. now, the new blood is from Australia. His name's Leith. He's a good friend of all of my like Denver friends and my kickball friends that I mentioned. We I do everything with them out here. Now I've kind of met him after college, but it's also the league that has a big punishment. I know I showed some of you the music video yeah. we produced last year for the loser. The year before, we have did a photo shoot uh, calendar. The year before that, we've whacked someone's leg from the knee down, and we put we put a fat head on someone's wall. And also, the kid who has been the back-to-back champs did move to Austin. Grayson, good riddance. I've lost to him in the playoffs the last three years. Three years ago, the <laughs> championship, and then last year in the semis, and then the year before that, the first round. So glad he's out because I'm also 4-2 and two in that league. And he can't get me out this year. He's not here. So. And it's funny because we we haven't really had a dynasty. I mean, I think we've had a different right. winner. I mean, I know NC was you know early on. NC was the the king. Um, yeah. But that's changed. I think I I took a I took a win. PB took a win. Lead took a win. Um, and to be honest, I thought Lead's team was gonna be. No, oh, I was outrageous. About I know. And then he he sadly auto drafted. But even then, I was like, this guy's gonna dominate. But. Yeah. Players didn't really show up, to be honest. So, I think that, I think that's what's funny about fantasy football is we can do as much research on paper and be like, oh my god, this team's gonna murder me. And then the people start throwing and running the balls, and you're like, oh, 
this dude is not who we thought he was this year and this team has changed completely whether that's coaching changes or people get old and you know or hurt it's just it's a everywhere is a minefield and it's like yeah it's just betting on fake points for people running balls is always going to be a challenge yeah, especially when the the league itself, the coaches and the players couldn't care less about your fantasy team. So shame, right. but regardless. It is a shame. And speaking, so speaking of research, what what do you usually consume? Do you like do you are you on Twitter? Do you listen to podcasts? I'm just curious to see yeah. kind of how how plugged in some people are. How I mean, or how not plugged in some people are. It doesn't really matter. But I'm just I'm, curious. I'm a big podcast guy. Okay, like, so same. I listen to a podcast on a weekly basis and then usually do some research on start sit decisions for my weekly matchups and then kind of get super more plugged in to try to get the waivers for the week and you know like the bipocalypse is is this week and my team in our league is super affected by it and i picked up uh, yes, like, yes, running back last night and immediately plugged him in and that looks like the right play <laughs> but it's funny in my other league almost me and the kid i'm playing are not affected at all. Like, and sure, I almost yeah. have no one. We're both projected to score 120 points this week, and that's in like a half PPR. And everyone else in our league is projected to score like under 90 in all their matchups. So we'll see what happens. But like, I I might be drawing the short end of the stick of my matchup this week in my big money league just because the only two teams that weren't affected by the apocalypse and are like scrambling to put rosters together or I'm like playing. So. Yeah, and in reality, if you don't have any players on by this week, that's not necessarily a good thing because the teams that are on by right. are the best teams for the most part. Yeah. So, especially for fantasy, I mean, some of the teams that are not playing this week, there's a lot of players. So, if you don't have any on by, that kind of means that maybe you missed out on some some guys during the draft. So, okay, so podcasts and maybe some some articles and stuff. What um yeah. what podcasts do you listen to? Do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I listen to like. I've been listening to like the fantasy pros a lot. Okay. Yep. And like they had this like I just used their website for like start sit decisions too type of thing. And like they also rank all of the experts. So like there's like, you know, like a hundred accredited or like I don't certified actual people that do this full time. And they also have everyone's ranking on there, so they're not like super biased to like here's what we think you should start. But they also have everyone else's rankings on there. So if you want to look at like CBS's or Yahoo's or ESPN's rankings, you can just look at all in that one tool, even though they okay, like, obviously sure. want you to go with theirs. Because sometimes like I just like, you know, you don't agree with people or they disagree. And if they disagree, it's like, well, who, you know, it's kind of like a rabbit hole of like choose your own adventure from there. Yeah, no, I've, I've seen that before. And they kind of at the end of the year, they, they give a grade to each different. Right. Uh-huh. Um, well, I guess they call them fantasy football analysts. I suppose that's the right yes, term. Analyst. It's a little bit funny, that's but right. um, yeah, I, I have used that that function before, especially pre-draft. That's pretty helpful. But um, how, much, think... how many more hours do you think I need to put in before I could uh, try <laughs> to get a certification of fantasy football analyst? Because I think... I've also been playing a lot of DFS this year. And, yeah, same. Um, I've been doing pretty well. I haven't hit any of my parlays for like, you know, I should probably just do a four or five legs and try it. Instead of going for like the nine, <laughs> the eighteen leg parlay, yeah, yeah it's, it's too many. <laughs> Plus forty three hundred. No, I know. I, you, I, know you mean. 10, I might have put in ten thousand hours, you know, over the last few years. So like, maybe I just, maybe I just start doing this full time. Who knows? Yeah, and I mean, I think realistically, you got to find a niche. You know, at at one yeah. point in time, I actually 
because I did DFS and I didn't have anybody to do it with, but I wrote a column just like on a oh, fantasy nice. football website for like like the the cheap like last second DFS play. You know the guys who are like two hundred in the the daily showdowns, like two hundred dollars, or they're like the the minimum the three thousand the three thousand dollar wide receivers or whatever. Um, yep. So I, I would basically try and find the the sleepers of the diamond in the rough. Yeah. But and I mean even then like I mean I got like what fifteen viewers a week on that like little snippet that I would just write. So it's, I don't, I don't know how many hours you got to put in, but I think you got to feature on some, some podcasts. Uh, maybe that's, yeah, that's definitely. the way to get in. I don't really know. It's about who you know, I guess. I don't know anybody. So, <laughs> um, and yeah, so I was going to mention that, the Dearness Johnson pickup, that was, that was pretty huge. And it was funny because I, I feel, and maybe I, I think other people probably feel this way with, with having 10 teams in our league and the, the medium-sized benches. I've been struggling to let go of players who I drafted. I don't know why that is. I I feel like oh. they have more value, but I can't like I you okay. know it's just a mistake. This is a really good topic because our benches are what I would say deep, and I love it because I don't have to make fringe roster decisions. I can feel pretty confident about dropping someone that's not going to have an impact for me. Sure. For sure. my big, big, my big money league with twelve teams, we have a bench of five with one IR spot. Okay. So yeah. like, bro, like I, someone had to drop George Kittle this week to start a, a roster. My God. Like he, <laughs> and guess you know just because I'm plugged in and paying attention, paying attention to who people drop after the waivers, I went in and scooped them up. I put in a, a $3 bid just in case anyone else would have saw it. I probably could have got him for free, but like I haven't spent a lot of fab in that league. So like I, um, I was rolling with, that's the league I would try to trust Tunyon in. Obviously it didn't work out. Yeah. Um, I was spinning the wheel of tight ends for a while. I've been riding Dawson Knox the last two weeks, but oh, then with man. him having a buy this week and him not playing next week, George Kittle also is going to play next week, but like if I can just spot start Moelle Cox or maybe Tunyon even again next week, I might have George Kittle for the rest of the year. And that's a, my big money league. I'm four and two. And I, I have Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon and Daryl Henderson in that oh, league. Wow. <laughs> and I picked up and I picked up Cordero Patterson and I have to sit, I have to sit one of those this week. And people are also starting like fucking Michael Carter in their leagues. And I'm, okay. just, I'm, yeah. I'm letting people know that I'm open for trades and no one wants to trade me. And it's like, well, you're, you're at one and five and you might get the punishment. I'm at four and two. Like you need this more than I do. I'm not, I'm, don't lowball me. So I also like, you know, one, I need a quarterback. I'm, I've been playing the waivers and I want to make a move for one, but um, you know, I also have Mike Evans and, Debo Samuel and Tyler Lockett's fallen off since Russell Wilson, but I also have yep. Emmanuel Sanders and Chase Claypool in that. So like I also have Jeff Wilson sitting on my IR. So I might have five starting running backs coming down the stretch here. And, you know, hopefully I can get a win this week and catapult myself into playoffs in both my big money leagues. So Yeah, and it's it is fun having the smaller benches. I've you know, I've I've played in all different size and shapes of those um and the smaller benches i think it 100 percent depends on the amount of players in the league you know if i'm in a 12 team or sorry 14 team with a smaller bench but it doesn't feel like it matters because when there's 14 teams that's you know oh. that's two extra yeah. 
You're scraping um, the barrel for yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. So I mean, we could have three players on my bench. And I wouldn't care because it's like 14 teams. There's you know, what am I going to do there? But um, for a 10 team or a 12 team, I think that you know, it's pretty variable depending. I think in ours it helps to have a little bit larger because our keeper rules. You know, at least you can just you know, hold yeah. some stupid pick that you made in the 15th round because you think they might be good next year, which is exactly why I still have Michael Carter on my bench and starting this week because I can't let go. Um, but, yeah, I think it, it is determinative of that. So, interesting. Nice. Um, so, yeah, it looks like any other standouts from our league or uh, – let's see. I think I believe that you play – who do you play this week? Um, let's take a look here. I think it's Jays. One, one of the owls, but it's so hard to figure it's out. It's Insty. It's Insty. Okay. Yep, you play Insty. So, um, already looks like you're taking a bit of a lead just with that Dearness Johnson play, but uh, he did have Javante Williams yeah, for 14. Yeah, but so. also, yeah, and all of my wide receivers are in Bipocalypse, so I'm rolling with Christian Kirk and Henry Ruggs as my <laughs> So, <laughs> you know. It could be, it could he, be worse. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I don't know. Again, like I said, I'm plugged in. So here's some quick knowledge for people that don't know this. Um, Since uh, John Gruden's been fired, Derek Carr has thrown the ball downfield more than more than anyone. So they might let uh, Derek Carr cook now. Now This new uh, change might allow Derek Carr to really open up. He's also the only quarterback with three uh, games with guards this year. So um, the victory over Insty. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Kuro would be pissed to hear that since he was the one who held him the entire year last year and was debating <laughs> all offseason if he should keep him. And then, you know, now he's on the, now he's in your starting roster. So that's just Kuro, how it goes. He, that's just how it goes, I guess. So he, I'm thinking, uh, like eight catches, like 132 yards, two touchdowns. Shout out Casey Kuro. Hopefully, we can roll with Henry Ruggs from here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think I'm going to cut it there, mostly because I have to get back to work in about two minutes because I have a meeting at 12.30, and it is 12.28. So, awesome. awesome. I'm glad that you can make it on. I know that um, I don't even know how long this was. I can't even tell, so I will have to see after this, um, see what, what, if we need to cut anything out. But, yeah, awesome. Uh, anything, any last words for the for the group? Anything to say? Fear of the beast in the weast. We're, we're coming from the weast, and the fear should be there because I'm just going to – I'm coming for you each and every week with these deep benches. I can can start a lot of people to win. All right. I love it. All right. Beast in the Re- Weiss, Ryan Thompson, 5-1. and one. Thank you very much. Thanks, Nick. All right. So that will wrap up the Week 6 recap, Week 7 primer. Thanks again, Ryan, for hopping on. That was a lot of fun. Kind of know how to take that now directionally. Um, didn't end up being too long. I think this will be about 27 minutes. So... Not bad. Um, I appreciate you guys listening. And any suggestions or things you want me to add or don't want me to do it at all, just let me know. All right. I will see you guys later. Bye.